You're listening to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute with Rachel, Scott, and Adam. And, well, I never met him because he was digging out a basement, but it was Chris, and I am Michelangelo, and I have this to say. Wise men say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Dueling Genre. Hey, what's that, April? Some kind of weird Japanese antique egg timer. Cappuccino? That makes me hyper. It seems the scepter has magic powers. Hold on, dudes. If April's back in feudal Japan, does that mean we, like, have to ride that scepter back through time to get her? It's equal mass displacement. Step back, dudes. I just brought us some heavy artillery. Hey, Casey. <laughs> Welcome back. T-minus two minutes and counting. Let's go, my dude. Okay, the inscription says open wide the gates of time. Work. All right, already. Let's go. Go with care, my son. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. It is the thrice weekly podcast where we are talking about the 1993 live action Turtles threequel that is not titled Turtles in Time. I am Scott Tofty. With me, as always, are our regular panel of turtle experts. There's Chris O'Connor. Yeah, I am. Yeah, he is. There's Adam Sheehan. Hello. Hello. And there's Rachel Gatlin. Hi. And my friends, we are approaching the end of this film. This week, we are going to do something a little different. Instead of doing three minutes three times a day, we're going to do three minutes twice and then do four minutes on the last day. We're going to do 10 minutes this week. We're going to take us to the credits. And the reason we're doing that is we have a very special guest with us. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from the West Coast, all the way from feudal Japan, it's the one, the only, Mr. Robbie Wrist. Um, I'm glad there's experts. I'm, I'm going to be terrible. <laughs> I'm going to be terrible at this. You are an expert in your own experiences, sir. I'm glad there's a panel of experts because I'm going to say something, and then probably as one, you'll all go, wrong. I'm like, all right. Well, actually. (laughs) Adam's the only one wearing glasses. Adam will push up his glasses, and the rest of us will. Yeah. So, Robbie, welcome back to the show. This is your your return appearance. We got you for an interview a while back before all the craziness of the world shut everything down. Yeah. And uh, somehow you agreed to come back. Uh, I I think we need to set the world to right. We did it, and that set everything all uh, akimbo or whatever you call that. And now we have to set the ship right. We have to do it again. It's like in the Three Stooges when you get hit in the head. The only way to fix it is... You to get hit in the head again. (laughs) Right. Well, Adam Um, and I determined the last time we were out in public was our friend's birthday. So this is really our friend Mark's fault. Yeah. God damn it. Really? Is that who you blame? I blame Robbie Krieger because that's the last gig I went to and they shut down the world the next day. So I'm like, Ah. fucking Robbie, man. (laughs) Jesus. What's wrong with you? You know, funny, we talked about the Eagles when I was on your show. The last gig that I saw was the Eagles. So I guess you could probably blame them for this also. Well, we can blame them for a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but Robbie, what's what's your life been like? We in the can last we can blame them for the geeks here. don't want no freaks. We can. You could. Yeah. Hey, man. What? That's a fun song. Ugh. It's terrible. But like, come on. You know, it- I, I, look, I'm okay with the long run. No, wait. What's the one for? There's the last two. 
One of them is long like, one's the last okay, one. Greeks like, don't want no freaks is is on that record. And yeah. then, but I think toward the end, there that really is sort of the law of diminishing returns. And this is somebody who thinks that "Victim of Love" is one of the greatest songs ever written. Yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> it's so amazing. Yeah, and uh, the world needs more drummers like Don Henley. They do. Uh, like he's a he's a uh, uh, Leon Helm style, not a slamming. You know, everybody yeah. now is like, look how manly I am, you know, and I, you know, I don't give a crap about manly. I'm kind of over. <laughs> I'm over people who are good. I don't think yeah. we need any more good in the world. <laughs> Don Henley is. We need He's interesting. We need something. But we need good. We're lucky for you, you're on this podcast. Yeah. 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 Now we have something yeah. We're, we're talking finally. about this particular movie. Oh, now, 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 now. <laughs> First off, right, so, Adam, <laughs> it's my favorite. Primarily Which because is, we were allowed, you know, a certain amount of creative latitude. There were hmm. lip flaps that happened because, you know, it wasn't the original people who made the original suits <laughs> and other issues. Anyway, but what I'm saying is, though, is that there were lip, errant lip flaps that we had to come up with new dialogue for. And I'm, so the, everybody in it, uh, you know, anything that's funny in it, I probably came up with. <laughs> for all the actors? Yep. All right. Not as nice. Mean, but uh, you know, <laughs> all I can say is Corey Big probably could have used my help. But, uh, you know, it's not for. <laughs> I mean, he's playing Donatello, though. Donatello is not really supposed to be the funny one. Well, he succeeded. I guess, man, that is some acting. Yeah. <laughs> Such a dick. Yeah. I don't even mean you, You're supposed to laugh <laughs> with Michelangelo and laugh at Donatello. Oh, well, mm. yeah, you know, I've been, oh, I've been laughing at Corey since he was nine. There you go. <laughs> Corey and I, Corey and I used to, because, you know, we were kid actors together. I'm a right. little older than him, but we were kid actors together. And it was, he and I were part of like a crew of like, I don't know, five, six guys, little guys who, uh, make, if I wasn't going to get it, Corey was going to get it. If Corey wasn't going to get it, this guy was going to get it. It was, you know, one of us five yeah. always. And we used to walk into casting offices and parents used to just look at us like, it's them. You know, like, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. So they I just didn't, throw you know, their scripts uh, in the air and disgust and walk out. <laughs> what? I said they just throw their scripts in the air and walk uh, out. No, no, we would do that. We would just walk oh. in and go, see at the session, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you haven't it, lived until you've seen an eight year old do that. <laughs> I want it. There's got to be home video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robbie, what has your life looked like in the last couple of years with COVID here? What's what's going oh, on? I, I'm mostly at home. You know, I mean, uh, you know, voiceover kind of, you know, you can read for some things, but, you know, they're mostly that business kind of took a big hit. You know, we're kind of recovering now. You know, they've about six months in, they started finding ways of doing it. And uh, I don't know. Everything's, yeah. look at this way. T to me, because I'm old, everything's changed. Everything's changed. The The world that we knew is 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 not, a lot of it's not going to be there very shortly. Like things yeah. like office space. Mm. You know, there's going to, like what they learned, I think, during all of this is people don't have to go to offices to work. You can really do it from home. And that means we're about to see, I think, a collapse of the commercial real estate market. They're going to be like, what do we fill this with? Of course, yeah. I'm like music venues, but you know, yeah. they probably won't listen to me. Housing. <laughs> Laser tag. Oh, oh, Laser Rachel, tag oh uh, well, listen to Rachel, the goddamn hippie. Yeah. Housing. For turn God's sake. 
Turn that, it into affordable housing. That might help another person. What sort of American are you? God forbid. God, I went with laser tag. So <laughs> I do like the laser tag idea. <laughs> Paintball, airsoft. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so I think everything's going to be different. Everything's changed. Everything's... You uh, you've been able to do any music from your home studio? Yeah, yeah, there? yeah. I mean, I I have uh, you know I got a Bandcamp page, so like I did, I managed to finish. Let's see, I did two movies with Anthony Ferrante last year. I did kind of just four solo songs where I played everything. They're on my Bandcamp page. Nice. I remember and, you were talking about wanting to get more of your solo stuff out there last time we. Yeah, talked, but so. you know, I because I play with other people. You know, their their stuff will always take priority because there's a little part of me that's always going, well, the world isn't exactly clamoring for any new Bob <laughs> Wrist content. So uh, so there's this guy, Johnny Angel Wendell, I work with a lot. I did like, you know, I've, I'm finishing up like six songs with him. I've been working with this dude who calls himself Creamy J. Nice. Kind of a folk psych guy. Uh, so I've been working with him for about a year. He's got a band camp page on. So I've been, you know, I mean, I, uh, I've always keep, I always keep myself busy. Just do something. Well, you know, I mean, the, a part of the thing about being an just hit record. Art, about being an art idiot. What would you say, Chris? I said, just hit record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go. Just make stuff. I mean, uh, I say all the time, if you're a writer, write. If you're a sculptor, sculpt. If you're a musician, musish. Just, <laughs> you know, go do go do stuff. And do the thing. if it turns out that you're in a situation where you might need to find a new thing to do, keep in mind that working for other people is going to be less and less a thing as time continues on. I think the world is going to be a lot more people kind of doing their own thing, whatever that may be. Some will still work for companies and stuff like that, but I think it's, it, I think the period of, I mean, at this point, they're just going to pay in, you know, $4 and you'll have to have nine jobs anyway. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's not far off from where we are now. Exactly. Yeah, totally. The giga, well, giga this economy. turned out to be a fun beginning of a show. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Where are we in this movie? <laughs> we are. Okay, so let's talk about some turtles. Welcome back. Triumphant Robbie victory, Rust is here. Right? <laughs> the, the voice of Michelangelo himself, Mondo Gecko, all those fun things. Uh, but in this movie, he's Michelangelo. So we're going to talk about minutes 82 to 84 today. Uh, and minute 82 starts with Leonardo saying, you're a goner, dude, which vaguely sounds like a veiled murder threat and ends with Donatello going, somebody activated the scepter because the scepter has indeed been activated. Uh. Um, so we to set the stage, the turtles are on top of this little castle looking thing and Walker is about to, you know, jump off with his Tweety Bird uh, uh, to escape the wrath of the Kappa demon. Um, and listen, that's what happens. And he, he jumps off. He forgets the bird. He throws the scepter. We'll talk about the details in a minute. But I do want to talk with Robbie about a, a couple of the the lines that we've heard in this movie. And I, I got to understand, like, were you a big Wayne's World fan uh, back in the day? Eh. I mean, because there's a lot of I, I a lot of Wayne's World not, humor in this. I want, but okay. I, I, I don't know. What's the context of the question? Well, there's a couple of like Wayne's World, like the Schwing thing that happens earlier in the movie. There's a little Wayne's World joke yeah, later. Yeah, but it was 1993. Weren't those movies well, around at that time? And that's kind of my question is there's a lot of that uh, 90s stuff happening. There's yeah. one line in particular that I love, and I think it might be my favorite line from the whole film. And I'm pretty sure 
it was an ad lib. Um, and it's way back at the beginning of the movie when Kenshin shows up for the first time in the sewer. He comes forward in time uh, and Michelangelo looks at him and he goes, how did you get into April's pants? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's actually wearing April's pants. Mm-hmm. But there's no way that was in the script, right? Uh, probably not. Gosh, that's an interesting point. Po- that sure, you know. I Michael- mean, it just seems Michael- like Angelo a dirty joke. That, that sure sounds like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just some yeah. thinly veiled, innocent joke that also might be dirty if you look at it the right way. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe when maybe doubt, that one the was credit. me. Uh, if not, I'm taking credit for it. I'm taking credit for the whole, anything that's funny in this whole damn movie. Anything that works. Forget the funny. Anything that works because of me. Yeah. This is how uh, we're doing it now. You did some excellent so, stunt writing. Thank you very you, much. Uh, you know, that was, I was a little concerned about that because, you know, I was also on a lot of pain medication at the time. And well, it's a story. <laughs> Which might help explain some of the uh, dirty jokes. Yeah. Um, uh, I just lost my train of thought. What oh, the hell was I so, say? Uh, yeah, that line, anyway. uh, uh, was that, uh, was that an ad lib? And I'm guessing probably, yeah. um, when you went into the studio this time, you had, you had told us in your last interview that you, the f- first movie you went in, it took like five days. Second movie, you're like, I'm going to just read the script, do it. Boom, boom, boom. And get out of there in no time. And the, the third one was more opened up. Um, how long did it take you to do just the stuff on the page? Like, or did you like go back and forth? Did you like do the script and be like, Hey, let me throw a line here as I'm watching. Cause you're doing the ADR. You're watching uh, yeah, the movie I, along, I mean, right? we're doing it a scene at a time. Okay. So, you know, actually we're, we're basically doing it kind of a line at a time. And if in watching, so what they do usually, I, you guys know how the, do you guys know how the, the beep, ADR beep, thing works? You know, yeah, I'm a professional actor, so I could probably mansplain <laughs> the crap out of this. I mean, please do. It's fine. We've got time. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they they uh, they show you the piece of film with the original actor's line, and then you kind of rehearse it with, and then they record it where they take out the other actor's line, or, or they actually leave the actor's line in, but they're recording you. So uh, we're doing it kind of a lot at a time. And sometimes when you're watching the the rehearsal, you'll see that errant lip flap, you know, and you'll be like, oh, we might want to do something with that. And it's sort of taken care of in the moment. All right. Yeah. And it's pretty much done. Everything is done like one line at a time. There's like there's no turtles in the room together at the same time. So you did it all by yourself in the room, just doing the Mikey stuff. Everybody did. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even the group stuff. Yeah. Wow. All right. Cool. So you, um, you know, fun to be able to ad lib, but uh, would you have preferred to be in the room with other actors? Always. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's one of the things that really sucks balls about voiceover now is you're just another jag off at home sending in your MP3. Like mm-hmm. when I when it was when it was the thing to do. You would go to a casting office, and if they were doing more than one demographic at once, so, you know, you had all the 25-year-old, you know, douchebags like me, and then, but also you had Kenneth Mars reading for something, and he's talking to George Stevenson, who's the guy who went, Flintstone! That guy, (laughs) right? And they're 
telling stories from, you know, 1961 when, look, there are things that happen in entertainment now that if anyone gets wind of it, you no longer work in the industry. Mm. <laughs> right. And, and, and it could be something completely innocent, like, you know, uh, I mean, Sam Peckinpah, they had to finish all the, all the, he had, he had to finish all of his shots by noon. Because by then he had too much alcohol and the rest of the day is a waste. That doesn't happen anymore. Okay. Right. So you've got to be able to go and, and, and audition with these giants of the industry. And now it's just like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, going up for any other job. And then it's just yeah. like, blech, it's way better. Look, you guys, you know, it's, it's what you could all do your parts individually, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's way yeah. more fun this way. I mean, sometimes we do anyway. It feels like it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's not a show where listening takes priority all the time. No. Oh, come on. I have a podcast called The Spoon. We don't listen. We don't research. We don't do anything. We just show up and start bullshitting. You know? Sounds like this show. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. At least so you Adam, have a thing to hang the hat on. <laughs> for God's sake. You know, Adam it's a recently, turtle thing. Uh, Adam recently hosted a, a short mini series on our network about Batman the animated series. You did a you did a shot on that years ago as yeah uh, kind of a kind of a parody of Cousin Oliver. Yeah, and the totally. one thing that we mentioned a lot is like Jim Cummings shows up on that show in like fifteen different parts. Oh, he's he'll read on, like um, a single line for a character. He's one of the like Cummings is unbelievable. I mean he. He's like a, an industry unto himself, the amount of work that that guy's done. And you could hear one thing and hear another thing and go, that's not the same guy. Yeah. yeah. Which in a lot of cases, one of the things that a lot of voiceover guys work a lot is because they have a an identifiable sound. Sort of the old, again, Cummings is a throwback to a time where it was like, I'm going to read for everything and I'm going to try to nail every single thing that comes through. Where now it's sort of like, we need a hero voice. Well, that's the hero voice guy. Bring him in, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so Jim Cummings may not be in on that because maybe he doesn't sound hero enough. You know, it's like now it's all gotten very, very specific. And meanwhile, yeah. John Benjamin has made a career just being himself. Out of being the exact, that's, <laughs> he's kind of the king of what I was talking about. Right? Yeah. yeah. But like, there, there right. still is a difference between Archer and Bob. A little, like, yeah. It's hard to put a pin in what it is. Yeah. It's, an, ad it's an attitude thing. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, it's one guy's a little more confident than the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's. Let's dive into the the minute here. So uh, sorry. Does now that we're no, on three minutes, we're, fine. Listen, we're <laughs> yeah, kind of trying to balance. That. I'm on the show. <laughs> yeah, we're balancing <laughs> interview and commentary. And it's up here. Yeah. It's a little bit mystery science theater. It's a little bit uh, Tonight Show. You know. <laughs> so does Leonardo in fact threaten to murder Walker? Is my question. I mean, you're a go well, you're a goner, dude. And and well, why is he saying yeah. dude? Why yeah. is he saying? Uh, first off, is that not a Michelangelo line? <laughs> Show, Leonardo right? stepping on toes. Well, this is my friend. Friend. Clint Eastwood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, Buddy. let's just say that there are clumsy moments in this movie. Uh, uh, I think that's a, a, you know, a nice way. And, and this ending is, is super clumsy in a lot of ways. It's almost like the writers were just like, well, we're here. We'll just finish it off. 
it felt like there were some good ideas, like the, some threads of where they wanted to go with this ending, especially in the emotional beats. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is a little clunky at parts. Yeah, well, I mean, primarily the 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 time travel element. Yeah, yeah I had a. Uh, <laughs> Are you, you know, suggesting course, a time travel co- movie is not completely logical? Of, well, you know, <laughs> here, of course, no one will ever listen to me. However, uh, I uh, listening now. Uh, my <laughs> belief about these sort of fan-driven properties is after a certain point, why are you hiring industry writers to make these things when you could actually make a television show out of a contest of who are the biggest turtle fans on the planet (laughs) and you lock them in a room for two weeks and you just let the cameras roll. And the thing (laughs) has to end with some kind of workable script. That's a brilliant idea. Or just give a bunch of eight-year-olds a bunch of turtles action figures and then hit record. Yeah, dump out out a toy box and say, have fun. I mean, that's what the last five Marvel movies felt like. That's what The the Mandalorian feels like. It was just Kevin Feige clacking his action figures together. Like The Mandalorian. (laughs) Favreau was just like playing with his Star Wars boys and like... (laughs) That's brilliant. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, I'm a fan that, of that. That's, and I think that's what this movie suffers from. I think it's what a lot of these large property movies, and I think Star Wars completely could have, especially after the first trio of movies, when they were talking about rebooting the thing, Lucas just sort of said, all right, who's the biggest dork on the planet? You, you, yeah, the one who looks like you never had sex with anyone ever, and you're 50. Yeah, come here, come here, I want to talk to you. Can that you, guy you, actually you. works on The Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> That's like, Dave ever, Filoni. Ever hear of the Star Wars? Of course you fucking heard of it. <laughs> Guess what? This is your lucky day. <laughs> I mean, that's Amazing. And, and, Amazing. And I think that's, that's kind of what happened with the turtle movies is, you know, everything, especially for kids, is a constant battle between art and commerce. And they, well, two, they gave into commerce. And three, they couldn't decide if they wanted art or commerce. Mm. <laughs> they didn't go far enough in either direction. Mm. You know, yeah. it, it, it's sort of like the third movie feels kind of like Battle for the Planet of the Apes, the original. <laughs> a little, yeah. You know, where it, it kind of feels more like a shrug than a statement. That's how we watched Mighty Ducks 3 recently. <laughs> it's the on, same on thing. Purpose? Is, on, is that well, the one? Yeah. Is that the I one? I was on where Mighty Ducks Minute that week, so is, we had is to that watch the it. one where after winning like the Junior Olympics, they go mm-hmm. to a private school and yeah. suddenly yes. can't play hockey Yeah, they get they get anymore. a scholarship to some school, and then that's when they learn that there's defense in hockey. Yeah, <laughs> and like um, and like I, the reason they were allowed to go to the school is because the school wanted a JV hockey team <laughs> or something. <laughs> It's it's bad. This is this is a Ninja Turtles podcast. Yeah, I, That's I, I, go listen to Mighty Ducks Minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But I mean, we were going to mention we've we've been floating this idea for around uh, around for a while that maybe this was even a script that was not originally a turtle script, and then someone was like, "Hey, I've got this time travel ninja thing. Maybe we could just put the turtles." Oh, in that's this. Uh, you know that's uh, not uh, that seems logical, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the more and more we watch, the more and more logical it seems. Yeah, yeah, and then you know the uh, I, I although I myself because I'm this sort of, you know, I'm a Paul Verhoeven, Tom Six fan, the idea of, uh, of Michelangelo sort of trying to have some kind of relationship with a human being, uh, it both appeals and disgusts me, like, all at once. Uh, <laughs> it, it happens yeah. in, like, every iteration of the turtles, though. Because One of them, don't, like, has a don't crush turtles, on a human. Don't turtles just have a cloaca? I yes. Think yes. <laughs> But I, is yes. it more of an emotional bond at this yes. point? Is it is I it mean, really a romantic attraction? I mean, we're attraction living in post is... Shape of Water times. I get it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, we are I mean, now. We are now. Ago. We weren't then. Thirty years ago, and, you have no excuse. Yeah. Yep. We'll we'll talk about the Mikey arc in I guess I think the last couple of minutes is where we see it more. So we'll definitely get into that. Um, at some point, the turtles say, "We're turtles, guy, dude." Guys. And uh, yeah, Leonardo or no, Donnie goes. Yeah, the Teenage Mutant Ninja variety. Very and does it bug? Like, yeah. What? Does it bug you, Chris, as much as it bugs me that they refer to themselves as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I, yeah, kind of. I mean, like you know, it's a as a kid, it's sort of like aha, they said the thing. But as an adult, I'm like, <laughs> why would you say the thing? I mean, it is. But what as, they as are. an adult, yeah. why would you be watching it? Aside from being on TV, that, yeah. I mean, here okay. I am on this podcast. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, uh, Robbie oops. calling us out right away. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, it's uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Keep going. I'll, I'll Chris get at least has trouble kids. eventually. Like, that's true. Chris has children to yeah. show to Adam. That's right. right. Okay, yeah, you have an they, excuse. They enjoyed it. The no, no, that's one, that's one of the things I say about these movies is. You know, I don't want to say that they're like Star Wars, but they're like Star Wars in that there are 32-year-old guys right now playing this movie. They've been waiting for their son or daughter's eighth birthday or sixth birthday <laughs> to go, we're going to watch something. Yeah. <laughs> and and just, you know, and just watch their world change. And yeah. And the weird thing is, it does. <laughs> the weird thing is there's something, specifically the first movie, there is something transformational about it. And I don't know what it is, but if you're between the ages of, you know, four and ten and you see this thing, it fund just like Star Wars again, it fundamentally changes you somehow. Because you're Wars. not the only people... <laughs> Having this discussion right now. No. There's, there's a bunch no. of you people out there. There's a legion yeah, no. of uh, Turtles podcasts out there. We yeah. <laughs> and and they're yeah. having these discussions about, about incredible Turtles minutia that uh, it's so this is more than just even even three, which is, you know, obviously a cash grab. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it still is. It's part of the canon. It's still something people are talking about. It's a 30-year-old, not very good B-movie, and we're still <laughs> discussing it. Not just you us, know, but many people. I've never thought of it as a B-movie, but that's such a, like, I don't know how I haven't. It is so B-movie. They're all B-movies. Right. I know. Really? Yeah. I've just never put it in that in sort a, of brain space. In yeah. another universe, there's a slightly different version of this that's on USA Up All Night. 
Yeah. <laughs> With Rhonda Shear. Yeah. But, but we, we got we got a chance to talk to um Bobby Herbeck and Kim Dawson a couple of times. And and both times I, I'm I've I'll forever be dumbfounded at the fact that they had this project on their hands, this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing, and nobody wanted it. Mm. <laughs> like nobody yeah. wanted this thing that it's like it's like guys, we're going to have to build a Scrooge McDuck money vault with the money we're going to make on this thing, and everyone's telling them no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, yeah, but th- that's the that's the way though. That I mean, you know, Joan Jett was turned down by every record company, twenty three of them twice. I mean, that's the you know the the industry is based on a pair of folded arms and a look on someone's face that says, "Really, prove mm-hmm. it." <laughs> right and if you can't really prove it you know if because everyone says our thing is going to be huge everybody says that so all the money people are like right plastic toys turn the, eh, i don't know i get it <laughs> i i told i told bobby to give me a list of everyone who told them no because i want to get them on the show and get them to explain themselves that's a long you, list you yeah you it's can a long do list it and a lot of them are dead you can do an entire show built around people that said no to things. Actually, that that could be you a know? fun show. It's totally, totally later. later. Totally, you know, the, uh, there's a record guy out there that went, Prince, don't get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and go, yeah, so listen, man, we're not here to make fun of you. Okay, maybe a little, but uh, so Prince, don't get it? Let's uh, yeah. let's let's look back on the biggest mistake of your professional life. Yeah, let's life. let's see. Yeah. Let's, Why let's don't you tell us about that? Yeah, like, it still un, amazes let's me. That. Like, the, yeah. there's have, there's a guy that said no to, to the Beatles. Yeah, Decca Records. It yeah. amazes me that they continued to be a record company after that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Well, but that's yeah. I mean, somebody said no to Guns and Roses. Name your group. You know, they're uh, yeah, true. The, the, you know, we're used to seeing the end result. We're used to the end result of of the success stories that we know. But a lot of those success stories reached a point where they're like, well, it's either got to go forward from here or we're going to have to quit. Yeah. I mean, I think even Turtle World was that way. Kind of like this weird uh, example of survivor bias where you see like, you know, the big people that that made it and all the people that like said no to them. You're like, wow, what's wrong with those guys? And you don't see any of the, the people who didn't make it. That, get, that also got told no by those guys. Yeah, sure. And more people get told no than yes. That's for sure. I mean, I have a friend who read scripts at William Morris for 10 years. So, uh, you know, scripts would go and, and you know, he saw, you know, ones where he's like, I cannot believe that they are not making this. <laughs> you know, and after 10 years of reading scripts, you probably get fairly good at knowing, especially if you see the ones that get made. Yeah. yeah, you probably go. Oh, I totally see how that happened, and uh, mm-hmm. but and then there's like you know I don't know there was things that became Jim Carrey movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jim Carrey wasn't in it when it started, and right. then when it crosses desk again, so Jim Car- Jim Carrey's now attached to this, and like the mask oh. sticks out in my head. So, yeah, yeah. So I imagine is. that originally Liar Liar was supposed to be a very serious drama. Yeah. Oh wait, mm. do you know the story of my stepmother is an alien? No. No. My stepmother is an alien was originally a drama about child abuse. <gasps> Whoa. Cool. It was about a guy who like like goes to somebody and said, "You have to help me. My stepmother is an alien." Ugh. 
Oh. Yeah. Oh, and it no. became that. Okay. Good <laughs> well. Oh, the, entertainment is a is a cruel fickle mistress. Okay, but what hey, if instead of being a metaphor, she actually was an alien? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a little uh, it's a little obvious, isn't it? So, exactly. So we've been on um, this tangent for about as long as this scepter is flying through the air. Okay. Yeah. yeah sorry. The sorry. scepter does rotate through the air for quite a long time. Hey, and then you we get... wanted me on the show. Hell of a throw. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, I'm just trying to segue it back. Uh-huh. By the way, um, I think in uh, in uh, uh, film time, I assume it was up there for probably the right amount of time because you have to get all the shots in. You know, you need right. you need whoa, and then you need got to have the throw, whoa, 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 whoa. and then you <laughs> right. need ah, and then you need whoa, whoa, whoa. and then you need the other ancillary, you know, j- uh, Japanese people going ah, and then whoa, whoa, whoa. you know what I mean? It is a way to draw things out. Director Robbie Rist, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> the, my master's moving around is so much on now. camera, it's running out of focus right now. I should point that out, too. <laughs> um, no, I think it, I mean, that's the thing with, it always makes me angry in movies when, like, certain things that break, like, the, the, the physics of real time, like, you know, they show a clock and it's like, oh, the bomb's going to go off in 10 seconds. And then clearly it's 45 seconds until the bomb goes off because they what have to it, fit what, the shots in. What are you, in. a CinemaSins guy? It's a movie. It's, it's just one. It's like musicians playing instruments in movies, Robbie. Oh, if no, that's the worst. It's awful. I watched it. There was a like even a commercial the other day of someone playing trombone in like an allergy commercial. And it's like not even how you hold a trombone. I'm like, come on. It's yeah, not yeah, that hard to find someone to do it. You, that. You're, let's say you're not a musician and you're an actor. Well, look like you play the goddamn trombone. <laughs> Act like you know how to do this. Yeah. Video game controllers yeah. are, are like that for me. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. Oh, what I can imagine. All. Look. Any line of work, I've seen, you know, these little YouTube video things of, you know, cops watching cop movies and going, nah, that, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, no, we no. had it. We had it in this movie earlier, the blacksmith trying to, like, you know, making whatever it was he was making when they're like, oh, yeah, he's oh. going to make our time machine. And, you know, you look at him and it's like, that's a terrible hammer. That's an awful anvil. What's he yeah. doing? This, this <laughs> yes, work. Chris, we Nothing's were all thinking the here. exact same By thing. By the way, knife guy just spoke up. That's awesome. right. I, I Guy who builds his guy. own knives. Awesome. I, I, I had a friend who was working as an extra on a movie, and it was a cop movie, and they hired too many extras as cops. So they had just too many cops standing around, and there, it was this car chase scene. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, we'll just put four cops in each car. And then, like, it didn't, it wasn't until editing where somebody was like, why are there cops at the back of your cop cars? <laughs> Like, what are you doing? Just a very a, strong police presence, apparently. <laughs> just yeah, man. With half of the people that can't get out of the car. Yeah, it's like when you, when you arrest someone, like, which one of you has to take an Uber back? <laughs> uh, I guess uh, put him in the trunk. I'm yeah. walking. There you I'm go. I'm walking. Tie him yeah. to the roof. See you back, um, at, see you back at headquarters. Yeah. So Raphael yeah. and Leonardo have some great faces in this one. Adam was sharing another fantastic Leo face where he just looks like Kermit the Frog. I don't know what face. is going like on with the Leonardo puppet. a weird underbite situation going on. Like his top lip is kind of weirdly curved and pointed. Have, it's like the Grinch have, smile. Have I mean, their yeah, teeth, Grinch smile. That's it. Have their teeth always been that big? Like, Raphael's teeth are ridiculously large in a couple yeah. of shots. I think they've here. gotten I'll, bigger with each movie. They're like little, they're like baby fists. Well, they can afford uh, you know dental work now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, not not in ancient Japan they can't. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, but they I, I love that they sort of put together this this uh, absurd puppet chain 
to catch the thing. And, you know, mm. like all these shots of like their their hands grabbing each other and like the foot on the edge of the ledge, you know, and, and, and everybody's sort of like connected together. It's like, look at all these styrofoam body parts trying to hold on to each other. <laughs> and it just like you can sort of feel the seams coming it. apart in places. I'm like, ah! do we know yeah. budgetarily uh, how much each movie cost? Because I I'm guessing that three, they didn't spend as much. No, I mean, one they of the reasons not. they ditched the Henson Company was because all effects said they could do it cheaper. They said they could do the puppets and all the animatronic work cheaper than Henson. And boy, did they. This one had a budget of $21 million, according to a very quick we, Google we've search. We've been saying all along that we think the most of the budget went to Elias Cotiers and horses. <laughs> horses. Yeah, sure. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, you know, Elias Cotiers, man, that guy, uh, uh, he is... He's one of like my favorite kind of actor guys, uh, and and uh, there's a t I'm sorry a tangential story attached to that, but <laughs> I love these guys who work all of the time and are unknown. Mm -hmm. Now I know Elias Cateas <laughs> is very known in Turtle World, but and and in 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 B movie world he's done a I mean he's done unbelievable things where I'm halfway through a movie and I go holy. Right, that's Elias Cadeus. Uh I forget what it is. Uh, there's a Angel movie I think he's in, where uh, and he's yeah he's just not. So anyway, uh, one of these guys who was like this was an old actor named John Saxon, and okay. uh, I'm a really big fan of. And if you look him up, you'll be like, oh my god, John Saxon. Of course, he's like the poor that man's. Char he was like the poor man's <laughs> Charlton Heston. And at one time, we were both at the same agency. And I, uh, he was in the lobby and I walked in and I'm like, oh my God, that's John Saxon in my head, you know. And I sit down and I can't concentrate on my words because it's John <laughs> Saxon sitting over there. And I'm looking at the thing, John Saxon, John Saxon. Finally, I just put the script down and I'm like, uh, you're John Saxon, right? And he looks up and he goes, well, yes, I am. I'm like, you have had exactly the kind of career that I would want to have. And John Saxon, one of my favorite character actors in the history of the thing, looks up at me and goes, why? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, go oh, I heard a um. Yeah, go, go, go Rachel, go. I was just going to say, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Margot Martindale's like that. She's in everything. Right. But, like, if you say Margot Martindale, people are like, Who? Like oh she was that lady in that thing oh yeah though they're they're uh, but the, I, that to me is those are those are the, the 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 concrete pillars that hold up the foundation those people are the ones who make all this stuff really happen everybody else is cute window dressing that doesn't bump into the furniture these these people are really doing the hardcore lifting work because in all these movies they're the person that the gives the valuable piece of information on the journey they're the you know they're the people that like you know somebody's broken down by the side of the road here comes the guy in the pickup truck suddenly <laughs> deus es machina there he goes you know yeah. uh, and these and you see them time and time again i just i and elias kateas is totally one of those types where he yeah. disappears in it i mean he's he's basically phillips say again no you're it's all you uh, oh no he's, he's basically philip seymour hoffman uh, without the well, the death and <laughs> and 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 the and the the notoriety. But I think the yeah. level I think the level of ability is is very very close. 
So speaking of Elias, there's a couple things in these chunks of minutes that we should talk about, and then we could probably wrap up. We'll, we'll rapid fire through the last little things for these couple of minutes. Um, number one, we see a shot of the past where Wit is cutting a rope to launch a fireball, and he cuts the rope, Chris, and you'll appreciate this. The rope breaks about four feet north of where he cut it because movie. Um, north? Did you just use north to say up? Yes, I did. Sorry. All right, cool. I just I just like death by catapult. Yeah. Like, yeah, and yeah, then well, not, but the catapult, like, it's a good shot, but it's like just to the right, and it hits like the scaffolding he's hanging from. He like, could have very well missed him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could have very well missed him. With, like, I, mean, you I know, suppose he, it's he, a PG movie, so you can't just hit him with a giant fireball. That would have been more <laughs> well, fun. Well, then I mean, why you, would you put a giant fireball in in the first place? <laughs> if it was smaller, it might have completely missed. But <laughs> I, but I like how how watching him fall to his death, screaming oh, and never accepting God. it is okay for a kids movie. Which, well, by the way, is something that the Jones family lineage is apparently really yeah. good at. Wait, wait, the Oops, hell, murder. The hell are you talking about? That little Darth Vader bastard <laughs> killed thousands of people. Yeah, and we're all like, "Oh, Darth Vader! Yay, so blonde and cute." <laughs> That little Darth Vader bastard. Yeah, <laughs> including the women and the children. And I, I mean, just there's the all of those. And you know yeah. what? They're all government staff working people. You know what I mean? He didn't fuck up the upper echelon at all. They're like, he oh, did, we're all he fine. He did kill all the younglings, though. Yeah. And that's yeah. not okay. <laughs> Except for Grogu. Uh, I um, I did love that. I was like, wait, a Star Wars movie is killing children? Mm -hmm. I'm back in. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, you now, this see, is what I remember. Yeah, have you ever seen that uh, that meme of uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker? Um, God, the, the actor's name. Hayden anyway, Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Visiting, no, visiting a hospital. <laughs> and a, you know, a children's hospital. And it's like, wait, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, Walker's fallen from the thing, and it's not a good shot. Like, and, yeah, but, and, but he not, you also don't see him die. It just yeah. means he lands in the water. He goes, doesn't mean true. that he actually dies. But I his, mean, his he, poor little Tweety Bird is now an orphan. How do you know? But how do you know that had they made a fourth, it would not be Rise of Walker? He would have shown up as some sort of mutant fish yeah. monster. No, no, he would have been. It would have been the descendant of Walker. They could just cast the same guy, and he See? would have been like a business magnate in the in the late nineties, or he's you some know? sort of kraken because this is a this is a turtles movie, and we can have yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah. But but I mean, like in this shot where he's falling, like he he gets close to the water. He doesn't actually hit the water, and yeah. he just kind of blinks out of existence. <laughs> and then and then there's a sploosh sound. Yeah, it's a very ancient Japanese magic. <laughs> yeah. Robbie, spill the beans. What was the script for Turtles 4? How did it look? Tell uh, me about it. It was, uh, it was called The Rise of Walker. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he was back. And, you know, they, they, again, for like the third movie in the road, didn't give the fans what they were looking for. So, you know. Yeah, man. Kind of what they did. Total redemption. I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, the last little bit we see in this one is, uh, uh, let me think. This one ends with... Uh, Somebody activated the scepter. Okay, yeah. so we're going to... This is pretty much it well, for this chunk of minutes. Yeah. I mean, right? But then we get, like, Michelangelo making the weird decision to be like, you know what, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. Raphael's like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Once is again, that in this one like, or is that in the next one? You know, never underestimate the power of time travel boners, I guess. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that next minute uh, because we are at 44 minutes here. I think that's All pretty right. good for an All episode. Right. And we'll pick it up on uh, uh, back, the Wednesday episode. Yeah, back to your regularly scheduled Mondays. 
Yes. Right. So uh, we'll end today's minute, and we'll ask Robbie. Robbie, what would what? you like to plug, sir? Is there anything you're working on? Oh, you're I got ba- I'm on a, a, a podcast, uh, a scripted podcast, a fantasy sci-fi kind of thing called Carcerum. Uh, C-A-R-C-E-R-E-M, Carcerum. There's a Carcerum. Right. Look it up on, uh, you know, your search engine of choice. And uh, uh, it's, uh, we got a 20, uh, so 20 episodes, something like that, like uh, for All the right. first year. Uh, everybody is in it. Uh, 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 the guy who directed uh, Almost Famous is in it. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, Cameron Crowe's in it. Uh, Cameron Crowe. Jane Lynch is in it. Uh, wow. There's all these her. crazy people that ended up in this thing. And uh, and it's uh, it's from the people who did a uh, 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 in the in the 2000s. There was a really the among the first scripted podcasts was this thing called We're Alive or yeah, We're Alive, I think. And it was a zombie. Uh, it was a Walking Dead before there was Walking Dead. Ah. And and they did like a million downloads. So it's from the people that did that. And uh and so, yeah, Carcerum. And then, you know, I got a Bandcamp page. Just look at my name. Just, Just Google the Robbie search Rist. engine, put in my name, and you'll find something. You may not like right. it, but you'll find something. <laughs> Just go, go give Robbie some money for crying go out loud. Go give yeah, Robbie some go. money. <laughs> she get, right. get that printed on a T-shirt. <laughs> go give Robbie some money? Yeah. Give yeah. Robbie some money. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, for the crew here at Ninja Turtles Minute for Robbie Rist, this is the Monday show. We'll see you on the Wednesday show, everybody. Uh, goodbye. Bye. 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 Cowabunga.